Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment, visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You will find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe to your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now let's dive into today's episode. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host. I'm honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. And what we're going to be covering is selling secrets for non-sellers. Selling without selling is a very popular catchphrase. And I think that it's been somewhat bastardized, but at the same time, there's a relevance to it. And part of what we're going to do today is we're going to look at how, even though you may not consider yourself a salesperson or you want to do selling without selling or whatever language frame you're putting around it that makes you feel good, that you can still do selling. To guide us down that path, I have somebody with us who I've been looking to have on Business Business Creators Radio for well nigh three months now. His name is Pat Helmers. He is the founder of Sales Babble. And just to tell you a brief amount about Pat, he's an international business consultant and technology startup coach. He's the author of The Selling with Confidence Sales System and the host of the award-winning Sales Babble Sales Podcast, one of the shows that I love tuning into myself. And he's been in the tech world his entire professional career, which we're going to hear about in just a second. So right now, Pat Helmers, come on in. The weather's fine. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Before we dive in, I imagine at this point we have some of our listeners. They're leaning in. They've opened a separate browser tab. They're binging the Yahoo out of the Googles, looking up this guy named Pat Helmers. That's spelled H-E-L-M-E-R-S. You're welcome. And his website, salesbabble.com. So what I would like to do is take a quick step back and have you tell us a little bit about your journey, Pat, and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and making a difference for your community, market, and audience. All right. That's a, that, that was a lot there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, actually, you know, although I have a podcast on sales, this was not my chosen profession back when I was a little boy in college. Um, I wanted to be a, uh, an engineer and in fact, a hardware engineer. I was studying electrical engineering and things like that. And then I bumped into software and I go, I think these computers, I think there's going to be a future with these computers. And that's, and that's what I studied. Yeah. And I have a bachelor's degree in computer science. I have a master's degree in computer science and I worked for Bell Laboratories for many, many, many years. In fact, I got a couple patents there for telephony, telecom uh, uh, technologies, and it was an awful lot of fun, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, But an interesting thing happened when I was there was I worked on a number of projects where I thought were absolutely fascinating that died, that never went anywhere. Nobody ever bought them. So I was just mystified what was going on. You have an idea what that was, Adam? I'm going to 
say that I have no freaking clue and let you tell us. <laughs> um, we weren't making what people wanted. Aha. Uh -huh. We had, and this is something that inventors often bump into, is that they have this deep passion about something and, and they want to get it to the world and then they jump in and they start, and they start building stuff. And they build and they build and they build. And then, they, then it's time to like, da-da, you know, to announce it and to unveil it. And they bring it to the marketplace and it just like plops. People right. are interested in it. People don't want to buy it. They, they think people are stupid. People don't get it. If you just, you know, the attitude is, and, and I, I can speak clearly about this because this is the attitude that I had. You know, you're just not getting it. This yeah. Is, this is easily going to make your life better, but but that but that's not what was happening at all. So, anyway, to get back to the story, um, over time I got closer and closer to the customer, closer to the sales team, and then um, and then and then actually I got laid off after like twenty four years. First they made me lay all the people that worked for me, and then they laid me off. And this was like when the internet. This is like two thousand one, two thousand two. Remember when the internet bubble kind of burst and. That was that was bad, you know. Each yeah. mom went out of business and <laughs> all, all those places. So I actually went to go work work for a startup selling um, uh, software as a service service for schools, and um, and it was I was like the first employee, and I was talking to the founder, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know much about sales, but I'll give it a try. I mean, I've uh -huh. I've taught software engineering for many years. I, I know how to engage people. And I understand the technology inside and out. So I became, I became a self-taught sales guy. And then we grew. And so I became a, a self-taught self uh, vice president of sales. And we, we sold millions of dollars of that software for a long, long time. And, um, and then one day I was driving in the car going, boy, I, love it. I really enjoy this golf podcast I listen to all the time. Why aren't there any sales podcasts? Uh-huh. And I listened to some of them, and it just didn't stick with me. And I go, you know, Pat, you should start a podcast. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I did. And I, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I, I didn't do any market research, right? I, 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 kinda, I just did it. And here it is, like five and a half years later, and I'm still podcasting every week, every yep. Tuesday, 3 a.m. on the dot, an episode goes out. That is, that is beautiful. And as I, as you know, one of the things I love to say is the Business Creators Radio Show, which we're on right now, has been running every week, every Tuesday, except ours is a few hours after yours. So they can check out Sales Babble, then go to the gym, come back and check out Business Creators Radio Shows, bookends for a great day. And <laughs> yes, and we have been on, we've been on the air continuously over six years. And I created the Business Creators Radio Show basically because I had reached a point in my professional development where I realized I really didn't even really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I had a business and, you know, not that it was a bad business, but I, it's something about the whole brilliance, passion equation. I mean, the brilliance was there, but the, the passion I could have used as a lullaby, but I wasn't sure where I was really going with this. So... Having a podcast gave me the ability to continue to have marketing because I didn't know what I wanted to market. I didn't want, didn't know how to, how to grow my business uh, in the sense that I didn't know where I wanted to grow with it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But having 
the Business Creators Radio Show gave me a great opportunity to stay in contact with my audience and nurture my tribe and to make great connections that led to lots of awesome deals. It's not like I was really suffering during that period financially. It was just a matter of I didn't know what I wanted to do. But having the chance to make these connections and to gain this new knowledge and new wisdom actually propelled me on my journey because it created a practice of systematically exposing me to ideas and concepts that help my creativity. Yep. That's what it does. That's what it's done for me too. Yeah. I mean, I've met people I never thought I'd ever meet. Like, I've, I've got a bunch of books on sales. I've got books on marketing, like Jeff Moore I met. I mean, I'd have never met. I mean, this guy, this is, these are, some of these people are people I've looked up to for years. You know, you reach right. out to them on LinkedIn and say, would you be honored to come on Sales Babble? Sure, Pat. And I'm like, woohoo. Uh-huh. And, and you get all this free kind of consulting. And you get this, it's, it's just, it's been so gratifying and so fun. And, and, and the, the interesting thing, too, I was just at Podcast Movement in August down in, uh, in Orlando. Yeah. Was you there, Adam? Unfortunately, I had a conflict with another engagement, but I'm looking at next year. We'll have to hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's going to be in Dallas. Well, anyway, podcasting is blowing up. It's changing. Yeah. Because there was like a ton of broadcasters there, ESPN and ABC and Spotify and – uh, uh, who, who else was it? Pandora and, you know, people that you don't commonly think of as podcasters, you know, not just the NPR crowd, but, you know, right. and, and mom and pops, everybody's trying to find a way to leverage this because podcasting is just a terrific way of consuming. Of course, we're preaching to the choir, aren't we? No, no, that, no, there are a lot of our listeners who are very interested in this topic. And in fact, through some of my work through my agency, In Demand Expert, these are topics that we actually touch upon. We have plenty of time here, and we're going to get into lots of selling secrets for non-sellers, but we can spend a couple more minutes on this. I just, it just, I just think it's just a really interesting, really interesting thing. And, and in fact, I've decided from that conference, I'm starting to add more podcast production services because people have been asking me to do this. Yep. But they're like, this is too technical for me. And I'm like, uh -huh. I'll, I'll teach you, but I don't want to do it. Well, I'm now I'm actually doing it. And it's been, it's been a ton of fun and, yeah. and, and building a business around that. So um, yeah, I, I got nothing, nothing but good things to say about podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is it doesn't have to be hard. I participate in a lot of discussion groups on Facebook and LinkedIn on this topic, and I see people agonizing over things like, uh, well, uh, like, uh, uh, what do I do when my um, guest, uh, like, has uh, those ums and uhs, and what's, like, a, you know, right, uh, a reasonable price to pay to have that, like, edited out? Yeah. You don't have to. See, the beauty of new media, Pat, and I want to get your thoughts on this before we move into the selling secrets. Yeah. One of the things I see as being part of the beauty of new media, which is what we are, is when we show our humanity, when we show our quirks that make us uniquely human, that actually works to our advantage because people tune into outlets like ours because they want to create connections. They want to feel connections. They want to get to know the person and vice versa. And they want to know that they're listening to and communicating with a real person. They do. In fact, a lot of the technology these days, 
gives us a, what they call the fake fireplace. We think we're sitting around the fire with people, but we really aren't. Yeah. But the podcast really does start creating more of that. People, I'm certain some people listen to Sales Babble and they go, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about him I just don't like. And I, and, and I, in fact, I can make a list on that. What's not likable about me. But, <laughs> but, but with that said, there's a lot of people who like sales babble. And um, there's a half a dozen different things that I hear all the time why people like this podcast and why I've been able to grow. And, um, and growing's been really, really fun. I've had a terrific, I've had a terrific year this year. Um, it's been really fun having listeners reach out to me. Um, I, I, I totally agree with you, Adam. It's about being personal. It's about being the real you, the authentic you. That's what people are looking for. People are looking for an authentic experience. Yeah, particularly for those like us who host podcasts, because hosting a podcast is just as effective, although in different ways, as guesting on podcasts to get clients and grow your business. So when you host a podcast, you have the opportunity to speak with people who could become your clients or vice versa, if that's the case may be. And it also gives folks who are checking you out the opportunity to see what it's like to have a conversation with you. One of my, one of the things that's been so cool for me is I have a client, we've been working with them this, we're well into our fourth year now. And they approached me kind of out of the blue. They went to my Schedule with Adam website and booked in an appointment. I'd never heard of this person. I that never crossed my radar screen. It didn't ring any bells. I'd never heard of their company or anything else. And let me just make it real simple, Pat, so, so we can get on to the sales secrets. The only thing that they've ever been able to tell me about how they heard about me is they heard me on a podcast somewhere and decided that they liked what they heard enough that it was worth a conversation about how we could possibly work together. They can't remember if it was my show or somebody else's. They can't remember the topic. They can't even remember what I said to capture their attention. Just that I said something that made them think in their mind, this guy's worth at least a 15-minute chat. And that 15-minute chat turned into a $30,000 contract on the first year. Yes, it happens. Boom. Yes. That's awesome. Awesome story. All right. So <laughs> now that we've had now that we've had our cocktail hour here, uh, I Pat, the moment we connected on LinkedIn, I knew I liked you, and I knew we were going to find a way to hook up. And this is just, I think, the first stage of that. Uh, let's get into a little bit uh, some of these selling secrets for non-sellers. First of all, let's lay some foundation. Why do you think that most people should learn at least a little bit about sales? You know, if you, it kind of goes back to what we spoke about earlier. If you got a passion about something that you really believe in and you think the world would be a better place um, if they knew more about that, you're going to need to a certain degree to be, be more persuasive. It's, it's sometimes it's not easy for people to see whether or not, you know, a deal is a good deal, right? Right. And, and if there, and there's a way that you can articulate that and to get, a, and to create an, uh, a conversation around that, um, learning some skills that can do that to facilitate that you'll go far you'll go far so that's why i i do believe you don't have to be the best salesperson in the world but you i, I believe in the possibility that anybody could be kind of adequate at it good enough you know good right. enough to do what you need to do and that's kind of what we speak to on the podcast yeah yeah so the counterpoint to that is there are folks out there who should say why should I learn selling when you can do marketing and never speak to a person or in business? Yeah, that's, 
the problem with that, and, and, and there's something to that. There's, marketing is a, is a way of automating the sales process. But the problem is, is that if you don't know what your sales process is to begin with, and I'd like to dig into that a little bit if possible. Go ahead. If, if you don't know what your process is, if you don't understand how your customers buy, all the problems that your customers and the desires that your customers experience or want, if you don't like know anything about that, you can't do marketing. Because marketing makes an assumption that you've already sold to them before. You know what they want. You know how to explain what you've got. You know how to get them excited and uh, get them to and to close them to get them to actually write you a check or or hand in their their credit card. It makes an assumption you've already done all that, and then you start automating it. Stuff that you would do maybe with a phone call, you'd do with an email. Stuff that you would do maybe in a network meeting, you do with uh, with with tweets, maybe right? Yeah. Uh, but you can't do any of that automation until after you've already made some sales. So this goes to a big part of my business is working with startups, especially technology startups, um, um, consulting with them. The hardest thing for a new company to do is to earn those first 10 sales because it's in those first 10 sales. Do you really start to get a sense of like, who is your ideal client? Who is the person you most want to sell to? Because of your first 10, One's going to be awesome. Two or three is going to be okay. Four or five is going to be meh. And there's, and there's going to be three there. You're like, I never want to sell to these people again. <laughs> right. And, and, and once you kind of like start get, seeing that, then you can start to see, I only need to focus on this set of people. Then the next hard part is to get your next hundred. And then when you get the next hundred, then you really know. And, and, and this is by shaking hands and being on the phone and, going, you know, and, and doing things like this then you can start to say like, hey, you know what? I think I know what it would take to run a Facebook campaign or a Google ads campaign or, um, you know, a, a, or an email a drip campaign, right? Yeah. But you can't write the content of that email drip campaign until you've actually talked to people. Correct. When you talk to people, they'll tell you what you need to say. Right. Well, for example, like you're saying like, oh, I see that you have um, – I." I see that you've got sticks in your gutters or something like that, right? No, I do. Is, is, is that a problem? I do, you, because it's a real pain to climb up on the ladder and to put it up, and I'm afraid I'm going to fall over. Yeah. Now you've got content. Picture an email that says, are you afraid to climb up on the ladder and fall over when cleaning out your gutters? Yeah. And then people go, yeah. And then they want to find out what your solution might be. But you have to speak in the language of the buyer. And what that's all comes down to, what they call building your value proposition. Um, who exactly are the people you sell to? What is, what is the problem that they have, the challenge or the desire that they're looking for? What is the thing that you're going to sell them? And what are going to be the, the, the benefits that they're going to experience that make those challenges become overcome or make these desires come to life? Yeah. And you raise a very good point there because there are so many email swipe files out there and there are so yeah. many just uh, download my email sequence and put your name on it and go. And that is, to me, those have never worked. I actually tried that. I actually downloaded an email sequence, just put my name on it and just start sending it to see what would happen. Uh, if I had sound effects here, you'd, I'd, I'd 
press cricket. the one that says crickets, yeah, uh, yeah. that's exactly what happens because it's inauthentic. It's disconnected from your voice. And even if these things allegedly have psychological triggers and influence and NLP factors embedded in them, you don't even know what they are, so you don't know how to use them. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've studied under NLP masters, including Paul Ross, the author of Subtle Words Itself. Um, and uh, you, you can say all these cute words and you can rearrange phrases and things like that. And I also covered this in my own book, Groundhog Day is an Event, Not a Business Strategy, in the end section, which is naming your terms for a more powerful language. And it's great to be able to have copy, but if you don't understand the copy and the positioning of the words and how this all comes together, then it's you're really not getting anything out of it. Nope. And, the only, and you can't just become an NL, certified NLP or what have you and say, oh, I'm an NLP guy, I'm certified, without understanding how to leverage those skills through communication with people to get them to vibe back to you so that you understand how to connect with them through your writing. Yep. And that's where sales comes in. That's where sales comes in. So let's talk about, so setting aside these tactics like NLP, what, what's a reasonable strategy to have? And what I like to think of it in this context is that great salespeople have heat, H-E-A-T. And each letter stands for something. Ooh, it sounds hot. It is hot. <laughs> Go ahead. I love, I love hot. Bring the heat. <laughs> I just pickled habanero peppers just last night. Anyway, H is for help, helpful. Great salespeople are helpful. They're generally interested in helping people overcome problems or fulfill desires. They're deep in their heart. So if you have a helpful attitude, it makes it a whole lot easier to know what to say when you shake hands with them or call them up on the phone. The second thing is E is for empathy. Great salespeople are deeply empathetic to the desires and the problems that sales that 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 their buyers or potential prospective buyers have um, when people say that they've got a that they're hurting great salespeople go i oh my goodness you are hurting aren't you tell me more about that hurting and when people see that you care about them they are far more likely to buy from you they're not going to buy necessarily the thing that's got the fanciest spec sheet you know, that's the highest, fastest, cheapest, you know, quickest, whatever, what, you know, whatever all the, what, 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 whatever all the, 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 the metrics are. But if they believe that you've really got their back, they're much more likely to purchase from you. The next thing is great salespeople are, the A is astute. They're super smart. That they, when they hear people say that they've got, the, they've got an issue going on, Great salespeople understand what's going on to such a great deal they may realize that what you're expressing is really not the root cause of what you have going on. There's actually something underneath this, and they actually help people come to understand, reveal another possibility, and people truly appreciate that. Yeah. And lastly, great salespeople are tenacious that – people being told no, being told no, or being ignored, which is far more likely, 
doesn't really hurt their feelings. And they don't think twice of following up and following up and sending another email. Is there anything else I can do to help? Is there any other information that you need? I was just checking in to see if there's anything else I can do to help. And you do that eight, 10, 12 times. Yeah. I've found in hiring my salespeople that if they've got heat, H-E-A-T, they can be very successful in selling. And if you think about it in this context, most people got this in their lives already. Already. I got an an example. Yes. Yes. So let's say, let's say, Adam, there's somebody that you really love calls you up tomorrow morning, 10 in the morning, and you look at, you see they're on the phone and you don't, that's the last thing you expected them to call you. And you pick up the phone, you go, hello? (laughs) And the first thing they say is, Adam, I was just in a car accident. What's the first thing you'd say, Adam? Okay, I'm, and, and again, I'm going to give you an emotional response. I'd say, oh my God, what happened? What else would you say? Uh, are you all right? What else would you say? Uh, is there anything I can do? That's exactly right. Can I come and help you? you want me to make some phone calls for you? you want yeah. me to cover for you? All of these are questions, aren't they? You wouldn't do this. You wouldn't say, you know what you need to do? I want you to pull your phone out right now and take photographs of the car. Both cars, I want you to make sure that you get the, uh, the insurance cards of the person that hit you or you hit them. I want to make sure you get the badge number of the police officers that are there. I want you, you would, you would, be, you'd be, you would be telling them what to do. No. You, you would be asking them, what can I do? Correct. But salespeople don't do the former, they do the latter. A lot of bad salespeople show up and say, you know what you need to do? You need to buy my crap. Let me tell you why. Bum, 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 bum. Uh-huh. As opposed to, you ever struggling with this issue? I was talking to somebody like you just the other day, and they said they had this issue. Is that like you? Really? You do got that issue. Really? No kidding. What else? What else causes that? Oh, really? What else? Oh, you have this other problem too? Oh, my goodness. And there all I'm doing is asking questions like Socrates. Right. Showing empathy like, wow, that's got to suck. That's awful. How horrible. And, and you keep doing this for 15, 20 minutes, pumping people with these questions. They're going to go, damn, that Pat guy, he really cares about me. He has genuinely listened to my problems. You know, that's the funny thing. Um, I see folks who think that they need to go overboard using all kinds of trite phrases and, and inserting themselves into situations that show that they care. And then some of these same folks wonder why they sometimes get mocked, made fun of, criticized, <laughs> or even or even cited by the person you're trying to help as the cause of the problem. The issue is very simple. And, I, and I've looked at so many of these stories that people have told me, whether it's uh, you know their overbearing mother-in-law or their nagging boyfriend or whatever it was. And it always comes down to the same thing. It's that person imposing their version of what they think the person needs rather than just simply asking, how can I help? 
So my point being, and I think this is a place where you and I at least parallel, is you can sometimes do more to show that you care by actually doing less and simply letting the other person tell you what they need. And sometimes what they need is just somebody to tell. But if you let them tell you, they might actually spell it out for you in chapter and verse exactly what they would buy if you offered it. Right. That's right. This can take sometimes, quite honestly, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. To just keep asking these questions and letting people just kind of like just spit out all the, all the stuff they have in their lives. Because this is the thing. A lot of people have nobody to talk to about this. They've got nobody. You know, they're, they're significant. Others are, are fed up with hearing about it, right? Yeah. And they can't tell the people that work for them this. Or, and they can't tell their bosses about this. No. So, he, so here's some guy who I don't even know, Pat. He seems, he asks a lot of questions, but I'm, this has been pretty cathartic for me. I'm just going to keep telling him all my problems. And people just spit all this stuff out. In, in, in sales, we have a term for this. It's actually called qualifying. Because as, this, as these people explain the problems that they have, it allows you the opportunity to find out if they are qualified to buy your stuff. In my, right. in my mind, it's kind of like they got this check. They're, they're saying all these problems, and I'm building this like mental checklist. Actually, if I'm doing a sales call and I'm meeting them in an office, I'm, I'm literally writing down what they're saying, check by check. And then we get down to the bottom of the line, I'll go, I'll say, Adam, let, this is my understanding. This is the issue that you have. I'm going to prove to you how good I was, I was listening. I'm going to walk through your list to make sure I got it right. Does that sound good? Okay. Uh-huh. And I just start walking through the list. You said you had this problem. You said you wanted this color. You said you wanted this high. And you said you wanted this kind of sound to it. You said all this stuff, right, 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 right. Well, I think I got something that could help you in my bag here. Would you like me to pull it out? Because I think it could cover a lot of this. Would you like to see this? And they're, and they're going to naturally going to say, they're naturally going to be curious because the person's asked all the right questions. They've proved that they've really been listening. I would like to see, because here's the thing. Here's a secret. Here's a secret for you. All right. People secretly hope that you have what they need. They uh-huh. secretly want to buy what you have. They're hoping. They may act like they don't want to buy anything, but secretly they're really hoping you could take away some of their problems, take away some of their frustration. Help them fulfill their their dreams. Uh huh. And if you got it, they'll buy. But people, lots of times, because they don't like salespeople, and because salespeople have been pushy, so it's not like it's not they haven't earned it. Right. So they may say like, "Oh, I'm not buying. I'm not interested. Uh huh. No, no, you're going to put off this." But actually, secretly inside, they would love if the, if you have exactly what they want, they would love to give you their money. Right. You know, um, that, that leads me to think of two things very briefly. The first is uh, there's some folks are taught and conditioned that you're not supposed to ask for anything because you're not supposed to impose on people. So therefore, they won't just come out and ask, hey, what do you have to sell me? Or, what, or can you help me with this problem? So you need to go through this process of having a conversation with them and getting them to tell you what the issues are and then being able to read that back to them. And then the second thing 
that, uh, that jumps out at me is that I can't remember what the second thing is. So we'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> but if I, but, but, but if I remember it, I, I, I reserve the right to ask it. All right. All right. That's been noted. All right. So, uh, this is, um, speaking of people, uh, and their communications and things like that, here is something that, and those who follow me on social media know that I get into this all the time. Uh, there are those that say that to be successful in sales, you got to be an extrovert. Selling is for extroverts only, right? No, that's not true. Yes, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make the point, but give us your wisdom, Pat. Did you, well, oh, actually, I'm going to repeat what Dan Pink said. You ever read his book, uh, To Sell This Human? It's been a while, but I have seen that book. Yes. Yeah. He's got a, He has interesting, somebody did some studies on this and they found that if you're an overly extrovert person, you're probably not a good listener. If you're overly uh -huh. introverted, you're probably too afraid to reach out to people. People in the middle, what are coined as ambiverts are often the most successful sellers because they know when to talk and they know when to listen that kind of wisdom is extremely powerful. And that's, that's who I believe are the people who can be most successful in sales. Yeah. I can see, I can see that point too. And being very, very, very far on the introvert side of the scale myself, I can tell you that there are folks out there, friends of mine who believe uh, is these, these are, you know, guys I see at the cigar shop and uh, you know, Mm -hmm. place I hang out and stuff and we'll sometimes get into those political type discussions I think and think of about four people off the top of my head who think they probably have me just about converted to their point of view because once they start with all their talking points I just listen and nod there's two reasons why I do that number one because they're not going to persuade me I'm not going to persuade them either so I'm not going to I'm not going to spend my energy on it number two if I were to interject and argue and fight with them and try and prove them wrong or all that, what I'm really missing is a key opportunity to get into the psychology and the mentality of what the, air quotes, other side is thinking and saying, which makes me a more effective advocate for my side. I agree. I totally believe in listening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you don't agree with them. Yeah. You might be surprised. If, if, I mean, if you're being totally honest and really listening, you might go, they've got a point. That one point, I don't agree with everything they're saying, but you know what? They've got a point there. Right. Which allows you an opportunity to have some self-awareness and to think about that, you know, on your, on your time, on your own time. And you come to the realization that maybe they got a point or maybe they don't have a point, but at the time you're going, maybe they got something there. How right. awesome is that? That just, I, I love that you do that, Adam. Yeah, now these, now these folks, and maybe they're listening right now, I don't know. But if you guys are listening and if you know who you are, you don't have a chance in hell of converting me. But have fun. <laughs> they, 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 they proselytize to me as if, they, as if they're, it's their mission in life to get me to switch to their point of view. It's like, I'm not going to. And, you know, you're not going to switch to my point of view either, which is why I don't even try. But could we learn from each other? And by an open exchange of ideas, perhaps come up with better solutions than either side could come up with individually. Isn't it interesting that what makes for great 
sales, grateful, great persuasion is genuinely listening and being authentic and having, and having authentic conversations. That's why I brought this up. But with that said, it seems like in the public sphere, that's completely gone, been thrown out the window. Yeah. Also why I brought this up. But the thing is, is yeah, those public sphere people are doing that and it does bleed on some people. But anybody out there who genuinely wants to get people persuaded about something that's really important, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> Preaching and berating and lecturing and arguing um, and, 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 and making fun of people just is not going to – that is not good business. <laughs> it's not. No. What I, see, what I see politicians doing is bad business. And uh, we don't want to get into this. This is a whole interesting conversation about. Well, well, let's, let's, let's keep politics. it. Let's, let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it theoretical because I have listeners from all sides and they're all great people. Well, the thing is, is it's, it's, I, I heard a great podcast on this the other day that the parties to a certain degree don't want to come to compromise because it's better business for them. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It creates the it creates the feeling of taking a side of division of that. There's something to actually fight for, and people, just like you know, in sales, will make decisions based on emotion, and then if they even feel the need to do so, retroactively justify their emotional decision through logic. If they even feel they need to, but sometimes just the emotion of having done it is enough for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think, though, that I, I think it's a lot of it's come from a mindset of fear and scarcity. Um, that if I don't get my piece, somebody else is going to take it. Zero sum. As opposed to a mindset of like abundance. Like, right. There's, there's plenty for everybody. Like, 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 it was always fun meeting my competition at trade shows, you know, and talking to them, you know, and, and what do you mean you're talking to them? Well, yeah, they're nice people. We might want to hire them someday. I might need a job. Right. I want to go work for them. You know, yeah. you know? Look, there's plenty of customers out there for everybody. Uh-huh. Everything doesn't got to be. We, we we don't have to shed blood to win to win these. You deals. know, I I I call it coopetition. I mean, let's say Pat, you and I were off you know offered the same type of service. Now, mine's going to be somewhat different than yours because I'm going to have different areas of focus than you are. Even if we're serving air quotes the same market with the same type of service, and sometimes it comes down to simply a matter of you know this person. I don't just for reasons I can't put on paper and I just can't really quite articulate. I'm just getting a vibe that they may not be the best fit for my company, but this Pat Helmer's guy over here there, those two are made for each other. So I'll kick him over to Pat. Yeah. And, 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 and I've actually gotten referrals uh, from other folks who do the same types of stuff as I do through that same sentiment. They just said, you know, I'm not sure if uh, vibrationally they're the best fit for me, but you know, they, you know, they and Adam seem like two peas in a pod. They'd probably get along great. So I'll just refer them over there. That's, that's going to pay off in the long run because it goes to, people say this, that everybody knows that great sales is about relationships. Yeah. People say that, but let's talk about what a relationship really is. What you just did was, you built something that's going to be far 
that's going to last many years far past the, 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 the jobs that you got right now. Right. Yeah, I can, I can boil this down to one other thing too. And uh, this isn't really our topic, but since it does get involved in sales, like affiliate programs, I have a, I have somebody who's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's been a client of mine. I've been a client of his and he had an affiliate program and I would keep referring people to buy his products, uh, sign up for his events, join his programs and things like that. And every so often I would get the notification from his, from his shopping cart said, so-and-so just purchased through your affiliate link. And it got to a point to keep this to the, to the point where I would say, okay, I'm waiting for him to message me on Skype and explain to me why that's not actually my referral and he's not going to pay me for it. And he would always have some story like, well, I've been working on them for years or, or I went to a mastermind with them and we had cocktails after. I mean, it just got to the point, point where I said, look, you don't really want to pay me anything, do you? And he said, candidly, no, I don't want to pay uh, you as an affiliate. And I said, well, you know what? I got a better idea. What if instead of, you know, since you're not going to pay me to be your affiliate, I won't pay you to be my affiliate either. So we're no longer in each other's affiliate programs. Instead, what if we just agree to be allies in business, to support each other in the marketplace, help each other with our marketing, and when one of us has a referral for the other, just send them over. And if we choose to work with that referral, do great things for them. And by that way, we will both serve each other's communities and raise all ships. And I got to tell you, that has actually evolved into the best referral relationship I've ever had. You know, what's, 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 oh, I hear music. Uh, that was me having forgotten to turn the Google Pixel 3 XL off, but I did the old swipe down, so go right ahead. Okay, dokie. You know, I mean, a lot of people, I remember I had a, I have, I have a client, you know, last fall we were talking about this saying, well, what if we get people to give us referrals? Maybe we could pay them, you know, affiliate money back. And I found time and time again, most people are very generous. And if they've got a referral, they just, they're happy to share it with us. Right. Because- they get something out of that deal themselves. They get, they, it justifies the decision they made to pick you as a vendor. It allows them to help their friend, which, which, which raises up, you know, the, the capital they have with that, with that friendship. Um, they get a lot out of it. They just makes them feel good knowing that they're going to go with somebody who's safe and right. going to take care of them. And, uh -huh. and a lot of people buy through word of mouth. So, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think a lot of referrals work that way and the experience that you have, is not surprising. Um, that's what people want to do that. I have the mindset of, for the most part, people are pretty good, Adam. They're not bad. They're good. No, not at all. No. And, 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 and most cases, and I like to lead with the assumption that most people are basically good. And if you give them a chance to be good, they will oftentimes surprise you with how good they really are. Uh, you know, we can, I don't want to go, you know, circle back to a theoretical political discussion, but, you know, you can see somebody and you can look at their social media profile, particularly on Facebook, where this stuff seems to be, I guess, acceptable. I don't know. And they just go on and on and on and on attacking the other side and, and calling people stupid for believing this. And then you actually have a face-to-face -face conversation with them and you find out that they're about as, uh, kind and wonderful and, and generous and helpful as can be. I'm in business uh, with somebody 
like that now, actually. And, you know, I, I just find it, I find it interesting what people will sometimes say to the vast expanse of the interwebs versus how they'll communicate with an actual human being. And this goes back to what I've said again and again about the democratization of information dissemination through social media and new media. It's both a blessing and a curse. So sometimes you have to move the curse aside to find a blessing. Fascinating. And absolutely fascinating. Absolutely. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, a couple other things I wanted to um, to deal with here. And this is another thing that comes up very often. This is why people will sometimes use the phrase selling without selling. I use it in my own marketing. So uh, maybe count me in this group. I don't know. But how do you deal with the rejection that's inherent in sales? Because people are going to say no. Yeah, you know, it's the thing is, it's not an indictment on your personality. You know, like you ever go to McDonald's or some fast food place and you step up and they go, well, would you like the deal of the day? You know, the tofu burger? <laughs> and you commonly go, no. Do you think people are crushed every time I say no? I think that 95% of the people who you say no to don't even give it a second thought. And of the ones that give it a second thought, at most they'll say, oh, okay, he doesn't want that. Right. There's probably, there's probably like one out of a hundred that actually stews over it. And you're unlikely to ever hear from them anyway, because, because they put so much energy into stewing over things like that, that it actually gets in their way of moving forward and accomplishing. But that's a very small percentage. I think I agree with you. I think the vast majority of the people are like, they don't think twice of it. They're like, oh, okay, what would you like? And then yeah. you, they move on. But for some reason, salespeople, well, let's just say you're starting, you're brand new in sales. You're fresh out of college. You're going to be an SDR, a sales development rep. And you got to make, you know, 25, 50 phone calls a day. And which is a lot less than probably that person at, at Burger King's getting, talking to. And they say, would you, are, would you be interested in this or whatnot? And they say, no. Right. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, my goodness. I've just been rejected. I'll never get married. You know, I'll never have children. My parents are going to be so disappointed in me. Oh. But it's just silly. It's just like it's really it's about them. It's about the person that you're talking to. Right now, they're not interested. They got a lot, lot else going on right now. And maybe you didn't do a very good job even explaining yourself. I mean, that, that, that's a possibility, you know, of, you know and, and asking the right kinds of questions that, would might, that, that might um, pique their interest. But it's got nothing to do about you. It's just, it's about them being busy. That's all. Yeah. You know, you know and, and I guess one time out of 100, you'll come up with some, some jerk. Uh, I, I, you know, with, uh, with in-demand expert, my, my podcast agency, one side of it is we help people get booked on shows. And naturally, if we see a show that we think our guest could be a good fit for, we're going to reach out to that host. So let me tell you briefly an example of an experience that I had with that is we went to that we went to that show's website and we saw they had a live chat feature we went when we went to the podcast page as well and we were looking for the apply here or if you're interested write to us or stuff like that and we didn't find that because when we do that we always try and follow their process and then follow up on the process to show that we're team players we didn't see any of that so I went to their live chat function and it said it said 
Dave is online. Do you have a question for Dave? And I typed, hi, Dave. I saw your podcast. I think it's great. And I was just, uh, I have a colleague who I think you might want to consider as a, as a guest. Um, who do I speak with? And uh, he said, he said, um, he said, email um, info at something and they can help you from there. So I emailed info at something, didn't get a response, didn't receive a response. So I, so I followed up again a few days later, like, because isn't that what you normally do? You follow up if you don't hear back the first time? Eight times, nine. Exactly, nine. exactly. Yeah. So the second time, I get a message, and I get an email message, and it's from Dave. And it's Dave saying, yeah, and like I told you the first time, we're not interested. Don't ever message me again, or you'll find out. <laughs> I wanted to respond to that so bad, but I thought, but you know what? I realized I just got a great story that I can insert into any, yeah, some people are assholes conversation. Yeah, I, I actually had, I have the flip story about, okay. th about two months ago, a guy who's trying to get on my podcast and I have people trying to get my podcast every day. Right. So in fact, I have a website for companies that set up podcasts like your company probably yep <laughs> you know and i say you know i don't know adam if that guy's the right guy i tell you what go to this web page please read it and see if he's a good fit or she's right you know and lots of times they come back and they go no they're not a good fit sorry about that but then they'll come back and say but pat i do got this other person <laughs> exactly and what i've done is i've trained them what to look well i had one guy reach out try to get on my podcast it was through linkedin and i'm like dude, I just don't see how this would fit. You know, I don't see how you'd fit on there. And then he just says F and this and F and that all you F and podcasters are all the F and way. Da, 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 da. Like, oh boy. I like, dude, I've just, and I was just like, I was just doing the same pattern I do all the time. And I'm, I'm pretty yeah. people, right? Go right. check this out, go do this. You know, let me see them. Let me explain to my audience. And I, I, I don't know, but the thing is, it's not about me. It's about them. There's something right. going on in their lives. Right, you know? right, right. For Dave to lash out at me like that, it's like, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say his business is struggling. It probably is. Because, or, because, or because, because all he had to say, since he was allegedly the founder of the company and he's managing the live chat and we were doing this at like 8 o'clock at night, uh, okay, I can see, I, I know a lot of, lots of entrepreneurs who do their own live chat and sometimes under their own name. All he had to say in that live chat is something like, uh, we're not really looking for guests, but thanks for considering us. All he had to say, because part of what I wanted to respond to is nasty message that he sent to me where he, he actually threatened me if I dared contact him again. Was <laughs> What I actually wanted to do, I wanted to send him an invoice for $1,000. And the reason I wanted to send that invoice was because, yeah, we are an agency. Yeah, we do have people who hire us to get their to get themselves booked on shows. And yes, we saw that his outlet could be a great place for them. So yes, we contacted him. If he had just given a polite no instead of jacking us around, then we probably could have gotten that person booked somewhere else in the meantime. So since he chose to waste my time so he could show off his high school bully skills, he owes me $1,000. I almost did it, but then I thought, again, yeah, I, just have an idea. I just have a great story for what jerks people can be sometimes. Adam, I'm feeling a lot of anger here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and, and, and you know what? That's a good point for us. And, um, you know, I know we have about five minutes left here. That's a great point. And I think that part of the reason that people 
don't want to get involved in sales is because the rejection leads to that anger. I mean, I, I, I candidly, I'm like, boy, I hope, I hope I meet this guy in a dark alley someday. And just hearing the story, you said, yeah, I'm feeling a little anger here because there's an emotion behind that because there's an equation between no and rejection or no, that means you failed and you suck at sales. No, you're a jerk and how dare you contact me. But it could really mean no, not that, but what else you got? Or no, not now, but maybe in 30 days. Yes. The thing is, I'm afraid we're giving the listeners the wrong impression here. Let's, well, well, now that we've exposed the wrong impression, let's give them the right impression, because sometimes you have to know what the no is to understand the yes. The vast majority of the calls are funny and you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> the vast majority of at least the phone calls that I make are like are genuine and authentic. Oh, did I catch you at a bad time? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Did you see? Oh my goodness. Did you see it's just pouring outside today? What is uh -huh. that? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. I was working with a, I was working with a, 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 a client last year and I was trying to show him, I was doing some cold calling with him. And he was just amazed at my ability to just be brutally honest with people and just to treat people like they're my cousins. So there's another, there, there, here's another selling secret. Treat everybody like they're your cousin. Now picture like every time you go to a wedding or there's a family reunion or there's a funeral, right? These are people you don't see very often, but you're related to them and you know them and you know some history behind them. That's how I envision practically everybody every stranger I ever meet that uh -huh. we're family. So I don't think twice about like asking instead of asking, like, what do you do for a living? I'll say, well, what do you do fun for a living? What are you doing fun these days? Uncle Adam. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing fun these days? How's, how, how's your wife, Ginny? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have a wife, Ginny. I have a cat though. I have two cats. Okay. What's your cat? You know, how's, you still got those two cats? Well, actually, it's more like the two cats have me because oh. anybody who knows cats knows that the cat owns the human, but the answer is yes. See, but now we're having an authentic conversation. Exactly. That's why I played along. And that's what people want to do for great sales conversations. Agreed. Agreed. So, so, so again, I know uh, we took our listeners on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster there just a minute ago. <laughs> we, went from, we went from anger to telling jokes, but uh, sometimes when you reach people at their emotional place, they tend to remember it becomes, it becomes a more visceral thing. Just like when you be authentic with people and you listen to them and you show that you care, they will remember that feeling, even if all you did was ask them what was going on. Yep. That's what I found. That's yeah. What I found works. All right, so Pat, we're pretty much at the top here, and I wanted to, because I imagine we have some listeners right now who are leaning in, wanting to discover more. Where do they go from here with Pat Helmers and Sales Babble? You know, if they could just Google Sales Babble and listen to the podcast, that would be awesome. <laughs> I, second, I second that emotion because I've checked out a few episodes myself, and it's great stuff. It's, it's really fun. We babble about all kinds of things. Um, we laugh a lot. There, yep. 
they're, they're pretty tight. I get, we get right to it. They're a half an hour long at the most, um, often, often less. So by the time you get in the car and the time you get out, you'll be done. Um, or if you're going for a walk or you're, you're going up some stair stepper machine. Um, yep. Sales babble, selling secrets for non-sales. Salesbabble.com. Yep, yep. And I encourage everybody to check that out and do what the website says. So I'll say the URL or URL one more time for you. Salesbabble.com and Pat Helmers of Salesbabble. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been an honor and believe me, an education. Oh, thanks, Adam. You're too kind. All right. So we trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes like the one you just heard delivered straight to you. Till next time, have a great day. Take care.